clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure. Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, it's almost the end of summer. Did you get your tan on? Are you feeling uh, that, you know, you you were able to live it out? I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's been like COVID and <laughs> lots of other things. So no, also though separately, I feel like the age of just lying and tanning is maybe not one that culturally we do too much. <laughs> and we are back folks here at the University of Pleasure. I sound a little better, not nearly as sick as I was for our last episode. Woo, Doc, that was rough. I was not well. But it was so great to see my dear and close friend, Laura Rademacher, back. You mean your family friend? She's my closest family friend. Uh, (laughs) Here at the University of Pleasure. It was a great episode, so don't forget to go back and check that one out. Of course, our announcements about announcements. As always, the Amy book is out there. Autumn Karen, myself, Kelly Dorney doing the audiobook version. Check it out. We had a great time doing that book. Excited about and feel free to leave reviews because leave reviews. Leave reviews. Jeremiah enjoys constructive criticism. I really, well. really do. Really <laughs> constructive as long as it's four stars and it tells me I'm great. That's <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> so check that out and don't forget, leave us a message. Uh, we're gonna come up soon on a new could have been better sex story. So if you wanna be in the loop. Or maybe hop on the University of Pleasure and tell us your could have been better sex story. Leave us a message at, what's that number, Doc? 917-382-0653. There it is. So we are back. We're going to go into a classic style episode here, which I'm excited about. Uh, the The title of this one, Doc, uh, it seems kind of depressing. It's not that depressing. Are you sure? Yeah, give it a go. It's not that depressing. All right. I think it's relatable. It's relatable. All right. I, well, I guess I could see that. All right. Okay, here we go. I love you, but I don't like you when love doesn't come to the rescue. Rescue Rangers, Chip-Chip-Chip-Bendale, when there's danger. See, I threw something like that in there from Disney Afternoon to give us a little bit of an uplift because I felt like we were starting with a downer. All right? So... What are we talking about here? Uh, yeah, so I know it seems like a depressing topic, but it's not. Like, this is probably one of the more common internal struggles that people have. Okay. Like, loving someone. Like, and people have it kind of on a continuum, right? Like, a lot of people can sort of relate to being like, I love you, but in this moment, I don't like you. And I don't like you all that much. Oh, in this moment. Well, yeah, but it's a continuum, right? Sometimes it starts to be like, in many moments, in 
most of my moments. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll probably talk a little bit more when it's becoming most of someone's moments. There you go. <laughs> but I think most people can kind of uh, relate to the idea of having an experience of loving someone, but also like simultaneously not liking them. Okay. Well, I can honestly tell you, I really like my wife. Uh, and I really liked my ex-wife. But I've got some uh, little nuggets of things maybe down the line we'll talk about when we get there. Because I'm just, you know, I'm feeling like, I feel like I have something to contribute here. But I'm not quite on my solid, completely pancake flat feet yet with this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm almost there. Yeah, so I think it would be good, as always, you know me, to begin with the basics. Okay. Right? So, and it might be like, uh, love versus like, got it. No problem. Simple, simple. As always, I would say, no, not really. No, no, really not simple. <laughs> um, but, and so it might feel unnecessary to talk about the difference of love versus like, but honestly, kind of having a more nuanced understanding in those things can like really make a big difference. Um, when one might find themselves in one of those stressful relational situations where they find that, the person they love has now become someone that they don't like all that much. Right. right. So sometimes understanding does, you know, so you're always like, what do we do? And I'm like, you got to get it more. <laughs> you got to understand <laughs> that's part of the do actually is right. enhancing your understanding because it can really, when people feel confused is often when they feel more stressed, right? And then sure. it becomes harder to make decisions. So the doing actually becomes really tricky when people don't understand things as well as they need to. Um, okay, so really when we talk about love versus like, right, on the surface they can seem pretty self-explanatory. Um, but the complexity has to do with the fact that both of these things are emotions, right? And emotions are abstract. So let's just begin oh, with this love. This is going in the gray areas. I feel it like we're is. going deep into gray today. Well, we're going into emotions, and emotions yeah. are always gray, and gray. Or, or even multicolored and rainbowed. And they're very go. multidimensional. So, starting with love, let's start with so let's the start love. with love. Okay. Sometimes, like, I don't know why a lot of emotions we like when we talk about love. Sometimes we forget that it's an emotional experience, right? Like, love is an emotional experience. It's it's also something you know that uh, there's like some some action or behavior that can go along with it. But really, at the end of the day, that feeling, that sensation is an emotional experience. For the sake of today's podcast, we're really going to be just talking about romantic love. Okay. Because right? there's all sorts of different types. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Varying versions of love. Right. I know you love your dog. Yes, I do. Right? But, well, dog's a, right? Yeah, it's dog's plural. plural. But Although I mean, I want. I mean, I, I don't want. It seems like listen, the Rottweiler. I don't want to make this. Yeah, I don't want to make this about like which one I love more in case they're it's listening. The Rottweiler. Yes, the Rottweiler. <laughs> Frank? Frank. Frank. Correct. Frank. Frank. It's the Rottweiler. Um, <laughs> that seems about right. Okay, so um, if we even just take romantic love, right? There's an infinite number of ways that someone can experience that sensation. Right. But what's interesting is most of us are still informed to a certain degree by what like media or culture tells us it's supposed to feel and look like. True. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Well, listen, absolutely. 
I mean, we get a lot. We're inundated. We talk about this kind of stuff a lot on the University of Pleasure here. But, you know, like culture kind of tells you what you're supposed to feel and think in certain aspects of things. So I would say that love is no different. Like it should be like if you love somebody, it should just be that that should be. You know, it's one thing I actually doc might say, you know, a lot of people say things like love should be enough. Like sometimes it's just not. Sometimes, well, you know what I mean? Sometimes well, we're going to, you don't, don't you jump ahead, Jeremy. Oh, well, we're listen, you know I didn't that. read anything, so I'm just, you know, is that in the notes? Cause... <laughs> it's it's actually in the title, man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. So sorry, continue on. And I witnessed you reading it. <laughs> so, you know. I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so if we talk, just this is for, help me out here, right? When when you think of, like, the stereotypical version of what, like, love should look and feel like, and just maybe even without, like, any drama, what what are the things that pop up for you, Oh, Jeremiah? it's it's magical. It's like this ethereal feeling. It's like, you know, you find that one person and then everything after that is perfect. You know, kind of like you would hear, like, in a love song. Like, I saw them across the room and it was magical. And then, like, loving them is like this unconditional thing where there's never up or down. It's just always, mm -hmm. like, magic and fabulous. And you know what's interesting is you described the experience of love, right? And within that experience is the emotion. How would you describe the emotion of love? The emotion of love? Wait a minute. Why do I feel like I'm under a microscope here? Why am I being tested? Also, I'm here side to... note, that feels like it should be like a Peter Cetera song, The Emotion of Love. <laughs> the emo <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> the emotion of love. How would I describe the emotion of love? Um... Like, in terms of, like, how does, like, like literally, like, how does it feel? It should feel uplifting. It should feel uh, warm. It should feel uh, like you uh, feel content and, like, swept yeah. away by Yeah, how love. should it feel? I'll, I'll keep doing it. There's no right answer here, by the way. How should it feel, like, in your body? Like, what... Oh, you should feel it in your in your like chest. You should feel like the, the pit in your stomach, like butterflies, all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, those would be some sterical, like uh, stereotypical definitions of what love feels like, right? Right. Okay. Real quick question: You've been married how long? I have been married now to my current wife for well, since eighteen. So what is that? Five years. Okay. When you think about the love over the cross of those five years, literally the emotional experience of it, that, that feeling, the butterflies, the sensation in your chest, has love changed? Do you have different expressions of it internally from literally an emotional standpoint? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think it changes. I think it evolves. And, uh, you know, the the core of what I feel... Listen, I'm, I can honestly say I'm, I'm very lucky human being because my woman is my person and I, I worship this woman and I'm not just saying that because she might be listening but it, even with worshiping her to the point that I do yeah you know, love changes and grows in in kind of uh, evolves in from the you know initial phase of like woo clouds to like <laughs> a more wonderful feeling of of she's like home and contentness yeah. Right. So uh, thank you. So sometimes was that good? So that, Did I get a good answer? Yeah. yeah okay, okay. Yeah. So part of that is like the experience of love changes, but also literally how we experience the emotions around it can change. So for instance, right. Some people in the beginning can have these 
more like you described a, a common experience. And by the way, lots of people experience it differently. But in the beginning, someone might have that butterflies, like from a, like literally from an emotional sensation, that butterflies in the <laughs> stomach, tightness in their chest, feeling like uh, like a, some people will talk about it, feeling like their hearts like squeezing, yes, you know, yes, like absolutely. All these things. Right. And then somebody might later on maybe then a lot of times that's that and don't get me wrong in long-term relationships people can still be like oh squeeze right oh, yeah I listen and i gotta that. tell you because i still feel that like i still feel that with my wife like she she came to see the show last night with some family and i see her coming up that sidewalk and i, I still feel that squeeze of just like oh that's my woman man i'm a lucky son of a bitch you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i still get that but it's not the same as it was when you know, the very first time I ever saw her where I was like tunnel vision and started feeling something in my tummy. Yeah, and it was like, like dream yeah. weaver. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Right. But, but I would imagine that maybe there, you talked about, um, I think you said like comfort and calm feels like home, right? Yes. So there might be now other times, especially now that like, you know her better and you have more of an established love, yes. but there are other times where in your body, it actually feels more like relaxing into something, right? That's, well, a hundred percent. So I would say that then now I'm, I'm, now I'm with you. Now I'm feeling what you're going for here. Yeah. So when I'm with her now, like I, she is, she, like, I, you know, I'm away doing the show, so I'm I'm not home as much. You know, like five nights a week because I got a show, right? So, so I'm when I'm home, I feel at ease because she's there. I feel relaxed. I feel contentment, warmth, and right. ease. Uh, and like I said, still get those butterflies from time to time, and all these and all the fun stuff. But uh, that love has definitely become the thing of just like man. I just can't wait to be around her because it just it makes me feel like I got a one of those like amazing like heavy warm blankets like I'm like yeah this is great <laughs> right and so like so that's a really good example of like we experience different sensations of love right interestingly culturally we kind of talk you know Valentine's Day is literally like hearts and you know it's like very focused on those big 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 feelings but love can also and some people by the way the way that they love isn't in that way like they don't really really experience love in that way right. as an aside like there's a lot of variability in how someone might experience love at, like literally from an emotional almost like sensory perspective but for other people love might be more moments of like quiet calm appreciation and and that's another way and there's an infinite so when i say there's infinite we could, we won't but we could keep going there's all these different ways and i say that because it's a really important way to highlight this idea that emotions are multi-dimensional right so we have all of these different experiences and expressions of them, right? So, uh, and, and I promise I'm laying this out because it's important to the overall topic, but a, a different example of that would be like, think of a different emotion like anger, right? So sure. sometimes anger can be us like spinning, like literally spinning in our head. It can be very cognitive. We're like, nah, that person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> and right, we're like right, in right. it. And then other times it might be this like incredible, like tense heat that we have and we're like, I want to put a hole through this drywall right now, <laughs> right? Like almost like a, a physical energy. So emotions can be cognitive. They can be physical. They're often, usually often they're like a combination of both. Um, and so in short, right? Like, like there's a difference, right? There's all these differences in how we experience emotions. And 
there's a lot of difference within an individual. Like, so for you, you gave some really good examples about like love might feel, you might experience it differently at different times. Right. Sure, sure. So there's variability within you. And then also I would say there's variability within how separate people, right? So if I had your wife on, she might have some subtle to big differences in how she experiences love. With Absolutely you. not. She will feel everything that I felt a hundred percent in not. lockstep, Doc. Okay. Probably not. However, that point, do you think culturally we expect our partners? unconsciously to have a similar experience of love as we do oh a hundred percent yes why 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 you're cr- i think you're correct why well because you know i don't I, listen i'm not a genius like you but the, you know i like I, that's how it's like what we're taught we're taught to, to believe that like once you come together that you're both feeling the same thing yeah. that you're both like on the same exact spectrum of emotional like I get butterflies, she's got butterflies. I got the thing in the tummy, she might have thing in the tummy. Like you should be feeling what I'm feeling because that's what I, you know. And that's kind of what we're taught. Like we come together in that love song, and it's like, oh, it's magic. And then we both feel the same thing. Right. And would it be fair to say that because we're maybe taught that, and again, there's lots of variability in that, but because that is a message that many of us are taught, that sometimes in couples there can be conflict when it doesn't feel like you're in lockstep about what it looks like to love each other or you're not experiencing the same things. Right, yes, yes. I could right. see that that could be a conflict. Right, well, that's sort of like people talk about um, love languages. I'm right. sure you've heard, right? Oh, There's yes. Like a, a book on it, right? What's your love language? And, you know, or, I mean, that's not the focus of today, but, like, that's a good example of, like, hey, how I express love, i.e. acts of service, physical touch, words of affection versus how I like to be loved and like get it paid back to me, those things might be different. So for instance, somebody like might like to express their love in a lot of physical touch, but they might want it back in acts of service, right? Like, oh yeah, I don't need you to touch me. I want you to do the dishes. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's the funny thing. Now I know I'm being, I'm very honest with you as you always know, doc. And I, I, my, I have a friend whose love language is cooking. Like that's his love language to his wife. He's not the most like, uh, you know, uh, talkative guy. You know, he doesn't express things a lot. Like I love, like uh, doesn't say it, doesn't you know. But I watch him with his wife, and man, he will cook her these amazing meals, and it's like an experience, and it even looks beautiful. Like the meal will come out, and I'm like, God damn, am I at the Cheesecake Factory? Like this is amazing, <laughs> you know. I probably should have thought of something sexier than the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, but it's because <laughs> I'm a low class swine. So like to me, it's like you know, going to the Cheesecake Factory. I'm like, ooh, it's a fancy night. Should I put on a jacket? Anyway, the point is. That, you know, that's his love language. You know what I mean? Like, that is a real thing. Like, that's how he literally walks up to his wife and puts that plate down. He spent all that time and all that effort, and he's that that's him going, man, I love you. Like, I love you. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's different for everybody, you know? And then that, but that can also cause conflict, you know? Because then if you have somebody, you're with somebody, and they're like, you know, I need you to tell me more that you love me, and our love languages are a bit different then, you know, and handing making, you a plate of food might not work. Yeah. If you're just making cheesecakes and the other person is going, uh, I won't touch, right? Like, because that is where conflicts arise. But so, you know, these different experiences, expressions, sort of how we 
you know, how we literally experience love. These things can can be awesome when they come together in a compatible way, and they can like, cause problems oftentimes when they don't. Sure. And part of it is that because culturally we give a very narrow sort of definition of love and what that's supposed to look like and what that's supposed to feel like, at times, right, when when people aren't experiencing that, it can really actually lead to a lot of distress, right? So I end up having people sometimes in my office going like, I don't actually know if I am in love with someone, right? Or like, am I anymore? Or a, a lot of times, honestly, one of the most common questions is like, I don't think my partner loves me. Why not, right? And because they're not maybe seeing these cues that we've all come to rely on stereotypically as like what love is supposed to look like or what it's supposed to feel like. Sure, sure. And so... It's a very, while we talk about love as a simple idea, it's really in application very complex. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Because like <laughs> we are often of two minds, right? We, like when I say to people like love is complex, people will be like, ah, yes, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and like they get it and they're not faking. They're like intellectually people are like, yeah, for sure it's complex. But that doesn't mean in the moment that people are expecting it to be simple because of like uh, internalized messaging around it, like yeah. throughout their whole lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a different example of that is like, it's easy to say to somebody, grief is really complex. Grief. Yes. And people will be like, yes, it is. But it's not until you experience the complexity of it that you really get how complicated it is. And that's often, we can often be of two minds and the dissonance between those two things, right? Being like, I know it's complex. And then experiencing that experience that can create distress within us sometimes because we're like, I thought I knew. And actually now I kind of feel like I didn't. And now I feel kind of uh, uh, unprepared or some people will be like, I feel kind of dumb because I'm not getting it or sure. I feel just upset with myself. Right. Am I making sense so yeah, far? Yeah, hundred percent making sense. I'm with you. Okay. So, um, before we go on break, because I, I see you itching for it. I know we're going to have to do it. You don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, I want to be really clear. I even bro I wrote a break in today. Isn't this exciting for oh, everybody? Look at wow, it. Wow, fancy. Um, uh, I want to clarify. How do I differentiate like or love from liking something? Okay. And I, I want to be very clear. These are my opinions always seek other opinions, right? But the way that I, for the purpose of today's conversation, and just generally speaking, would differentiate like from love, again, in a romantic context, I typically think of liking someone as the application of love, okay? So in a romantic, like, uh, think of it like, I think of liking someone, like if you're in a romantic relationship and you're like, I'm in love with them, what is liking them? I think of liking someone as like the day-to-day -day workhorse of love, okay. you know? Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Where if love is that like big feeling in your chest, like is the application of that in wanting to go do something with them, sure. wanting to go spend time with them, maybe wanting to be around them or finding their company pleasurable or enjoyable. It's, it's really sort of the, the, uh, the engagement with someone. I love you. And I also like you, right? Like I love you and I want to engage you with you. Why do I say that? Because sometimes people can, you can be like, do you love this person? They'll be like, yes. And do you want to spend any time with them or be around them? And like, you know, generally be in their vicinity? No. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and so sometimes those two things don't actually 
always go together, right? So thinking about it as this idea that it is it is really more love and action. Okay. That's how I would describe liking in this context. Okay. Well, I think that's a great place to take a break. Well done, you. Well done. Thanks. You're welcome. We'll be right back. And we're back. So proud of the doc today. Can we all just give her a round of applause? She even set up her own break today. Like she had a place to stop. I didn't even have a comment except for we'll be right back. Very proud of you. Look, we're learning and growing together. We are. I mean, I would love to say that it's not a little bit about control because then if I plan my own break, then you don't interrupt me. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. There it is. Now, now we know. Okay, fine. I'm just practicing honesty. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the honesty. All right. So let's pick up where you left off there. All right. So liking as the application of love, right? So honestly, like it's really easy when like, so you're describing you and your wife and you're like, oh yeah, I really like her too. Right? Like I really like her. I want to hang out with her. And I'm like, cool. That's not a problem. (laughs) Right? Like no problem there when things become a little bit trickier is when we believe or we feel that we love someone and we are really struggling to like them. Okay. I, we might conceptually and even emotionally be like, if, if, if you kind of sit someone down and be like, do you love this person? They'll be like, well, yes. And then, okay, well, do you, do you like them? (laughs) <laughs> sometimes it's a harder answer sure like it's a harder answer to actually figure out oh for but people. i'm totally you know i've had friends that are like listen man i love my wife she's the mother of my children like i love her but i do not like hanging out with her i do not like her and i'd be like whoa and of course that's way out of my depth so i just go I think you should go talk to somebody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because that's a little out of my uh, uh, professional experience. But I hear that. I do hear that. I do. And uh, that must, man, that must be hard. That must be a well, hard yeah. I mean, thing. have you have you ever experienced that where you've been in a relationship where you like still felt deep love for someone, but you were really struggling to kind of like them all that much? No, you know, I, I've i been very lucky in, in my relationships that, uh, you know, people that I have been with, I've always liked them and loved them. And when the relate and, and when the relationship came to an end, it was often either very natural, like this is just not working for us to be together in that way anymore, you know, but I still really loved them and liked them as people. So I've been very, very lucky. And I know that's not the norm. You know, there have been people. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I think other people, you know, I think there's a lot of variability in that. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I, I so I can't really say. <laughs> so that... if I, if I, let, let me ask you the question a different way. If I were to ask, has that ever happened with family? Oh, oh well, <laughs> fuck it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you understand the concept, right? Now you're getting to the deep part there, Doug. Yes, 100%. <laughs> that's all you had to say. Now I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> right, where you can have feelings of love for yep. somebody. I love, but... yep. There's many people in my family that I love very much. I just don't like them very much. Yeah, wanting to engage in that love, wanting to like really be like, let's like take this love and take it for a walk around town. Yeah. That's not necessarily something that you feel motivated to do. Nope, not even a little bit. Okay, 
that that's my now. point. I'm with yeah, you now. That those things can kind of coexist at the same time. Well done to get me there, Doc. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. It's like I do this professionally. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so, you know, and again, like I said, kind of at the beginning, this is like a continuum, right? Sometimes it's something that's very brief, right? Like a bad afternoon at Ikea or something, yeah, right? Sure. Like you yep. and your partner are out and you're like, I'm going to go ahead and leave you in the aisles with the, I don't know. What, what are the names of Ikea furniture? I can never. Nobody can know, Doc. Nobody <laughs> the flurf knows. And, the Flurfenflugen or whatever, yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm going to I'm gonna go over to the cafeteria and enjoy something. Right. And leave you be. Um, but it really is more of an issue when um, this starts to become more of like a chronic thing that's occurring. And again, I'm really talking about this more in the context of long-term relationships. Sure. Um, and and this these little experiences, by the way, of like, I don't like you that much in this moment, these happen in the strongest of couples, all right? So I'm not saying that that's like, oh, if you have an afternoon where you're like, I don't like you too much, right? And I don't want to engage in my love with you. I'm not saying that that's like, okay, and now you're, there's something epically wrong with your relationship. To a certain degree, that's pretty normative. It's, it's, it's when it shifts from being a temporary state to more of an unmoving state within a couple. Um... And I think that often, like, when I'm sitting in sessions with people, right, and couples, because I do a lot of couples work, or individually, I might be talking to people about their stress in a relationship. When I ask people, like, let's take a couple session, interestingly, more often than not, let's say people are having a, t like, I'm sitting there and I'm watching people. I'm like, ooh, it does not seem like they are liking each other all that much right now. Sure. Interestingly, if I ask the question, uh, do you love them? What do you estimate that the answer typically is? Oh, I would say they usually always probably say yes. Yeah. Or a fair amount of I don't know. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, I can yes. see that. I can see a lot of yeses and a good chunk of I'm not sure. Why do you think that I don't get many no's? Uh, I would say a lot of fear. I think there's a lot of, you know, uh, fear of just being like, saying that is scary to say that they, you don't love somebody, especially based on like cultural, we're together. You're not, you can't, you can't say you don't love somebody like that. That'd be a, whoo. Yeah. You know, that'd be a well, deep cut. It would be a deep cut. I think people intuitively kind of know that it would be really hurtful. Yeah. And so they often maybe restrain themselves from it. But I think actually more often than not, it's because someone might not know themselves. So here's the thing about love love often shifts into attachment okay. right you it both exist at the same time right like so you love your wife and you're also attached to your wife you sure. have an attachment meaning like she's a important figure in your life that you rely on for stability security all sorts of things yep, emotionally. Absolutely. emotionally speaking yes. fair enough yes right and so there's attachment there but you can have attachment without love do you get what i'm saying yeah i totally do i totally get it uh because you know it's like uh I think some uh, a lot of people that I've spoken to when their relationships have come to an end, whether it's marriage and everything like that, you know, they're very attached to their partner. They're very attached for the consistency of being with that person, you know, like, you know, the 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 everyday chores and life and all of these things. And, you know, it's a comfort level uh, and the a lot of fear of the ending of the relationship is just to lose that comfort and going into the unknown. But it's not because they love them in the sense of like, 
ooh, the butterflies or ooh, the warm blanket that I feel with my partner that it's, you know, am I making sense here? Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's it's really tricky, right? Like, because, you know, people can divorce and um, even have a lot of conflict in that divorce, right? You've talked about having divorce with like, actually like a, still a lot of like left there. Oh yeah, right? a lot of like, a lot of love. Right, but I think that people can divorce and have not much like, but yeah. still have some love, right? Like if sure. something really bad were to have happened to that person, there would be like a resonant, like, oh no, like I do care, right? I'm angry with you, I'm resentful with you, I don't like you all that much, but I, there's still a little in there. Right. But but it is it is also real that like sometimes, especially when things are not going well, it can become really hard to separate love from attachment. So if I'm in a session and I say, do you love them? The most common answer is yes. Sometimes I don't know. I actually can't think of a time where I actually had no, but yeah. I'm sure it will. I say that and it'll be like next week or right, something. Exactly. But, and that'll be tough, right? Even I don't knows are really, they're really tough, tough sessions for Of course, for because people. that's the, the one thing that we all have been taught is that the bedrock of a relationship is loving somebody. Yes. That you, you have to love them. Like, you know, like you can't, there is no, I say, no, I don't love them. The, the only time you ever see something like that in a movie that's like representing love is like the moment that the, the, the worst part of the movie happens. You know? right. It's like that moment of like, you know, if it's like a, you know, uh, um, my wife always likes to say she loves to watch quote unquote chick flicks, you know, as what, that's how she describes them to be like, you know, that's that moment in that film where like the guy is like. I don't love you anymore. And like the whole movie, everyone in the theater is like, oh my God, it's the most horrible thing. So yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, right? Like you just said that, that I think it's a true statement, right? Like we've been taught that like love is the bedrock of any relationship. Yes. Yeah. What I would argue is yes. And so is liking someone. And that is why, like, why are we talking about any of this? Well, because sometimes we really invest in that belief that loving someone is enough. And I would argue, yeah, you do need to love someone and you need to like them. Yeah. Like <laughs> you need to be able to want to engage to some degree. Now, don't get me wrong. Every couple's got like differences in like how much time they spend together and what they all do together. But like you still need to, to like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that is also the bedrock of a good relationship. And so part of the reason, like, um, you know, I bring up that, like, if I ask people in session, do you love them? P people typically say yes. But if I ask someone, do you like them? That is a much more interesting question. Yeah, I bet you and get it, a lot of interesting answers on that. And I get a lot of interesting answers. And it usually is a much more interesting conversation. People sort of intuitively, almost com in a compulsory way will, or will go, um, do you love them? Of course. Right. It's almost like uh, yeah. reflex, reflex. Right? reflexive. That was the yeah, word I was yeah. looking for. But if I ask people, do you like them? People sort of just go still and then they're like, um, ooh, good question. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. usually I ask it after people have been maybe been pretty not great to each other for a little right. bit. Right, and I'm right, like, right. I'll pause and I'll be like, hey, let's stop for a second. Do you two like each other? And then people will kind of look at me and be like, <laughs> and I'll be like, do you, do you, do you like him? Do you like them? Do you like her? Do you like, you know what I mean? And yep. people, uh, uh, and, and, and it's a much more interesting conversation. And I think that that's because of this idea when I, when I talk about like, it's the, it's the application 
of love. I mean, if you pause and you think about, do I like this person? Liking someone has a whole lot to do with living your life with them. You use the word ethereal earlier around love. I think actually that's a really good word, right? If love is this like ethereal, like this like sort of ethereal, um, abstract magic and stars in the air, great. But you can't live on that, right, right? Right. You can't move through life with that, right? When I say like I see liking as the workhorse of love, that's what I mean by that. Right. Liking is the emotional experience of like literally being like, and I want to get up and keep on moving through this life with you. Right. And and I have enough of that there that I feel motivated to do it. Right. The and that's what I mean. Like, so when we talk about like the the title, when love doesn't come to the rescue, what I mean is a lot of times I don't even know individual sessions, couple sessions, just conversations with friends or people that I know where people have been like, but we love each other. Oh, good. I'm glad. And that that may not get you to where you want to go, because love is Love is great and it's awesome and I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on love. Right. right? I'm not hating on love. We love love. I'm not hating on love, but you are, love is an abstract thing and you have to be able to take that and apply it in day-to-day life in a way that is useful, sustainable, and allows people, both people, to get whatever needs they have met on a consistent enough basis that they're enjoying themselves. Right. Or at the very least, they're feeling pretty good about it. Okay. That's it? Did that just blow your mind or you're like, I'm done now? <laughs> no, I was like, this, I, <laughs> no, like I just, I thought it was fantastic what you were saying. You know, for me, you know, I just think it, it never really processed it in this way that I would just be like, okay, so love this ethereal magical thing. Yeah. And we're all supposed to say it. Yeah. But really the crux of what we're talking about here is liking somebody, the day-to-day workhorse of living and sharing a life with somebody. Do we like each other? And how do so the, the, my question then is I love that you were like being blind. <laughs> I get these <laughs> dumbfounded looks on my face, by the way, folks. I know you can't see this. We're hopefully we'll eventually be filming these things, but then you'll see like the look on my face where I'm like, <laughs> like what, what's happening? <laughs> what the, okay. And that's just, that's just, that's the the hamsters on the wheel, just trying to run a little faster to get caught up to the doc's genius here. So, you know, but what can we do then doc? So what do we do? So a lot of times then the reason that I might ask people that question, by the way, I ask people that question, not always if they're like having conflict, I might ask people that question individually, or I might like, do you like them? Like, and people really are taken aback by that question. But interestingly, like if someone's listening and they're in a relational situation where they're like, I've got, I got the love or at least the attachment and maybe love, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. Honestly, sometimes a simpler question to ask yourself is, do I like them? Yeah. Do I want to be around them? Do I enjoy them? Do I, and and I'm not, this long-term relationships are tricky and hard and side note that's whether you have a monogamous structure non-monogamous structure, it doesn't matter right yeah, it's always tricky right if you're going to be in a long-term relationship with somebody like when i say you you need to keep finding ways to like them it's because otherwise like what are what are you doing there right Right. Right. And we do sell people this thing that if you love someone, then somehow that's going to do the work for you. Ooh. And I would say it's not. 
Oh, would... damn, Doc. That one, that was it right there. That's the, like, woo, cut, print. That's it. Like, because that's the truth right there. You know, we're taught. Say that all again. If you love someone, it's going to do the work for you. And I would say that's not true. I don't think that's true. Again, my opinion. Oh, no, but I, I think, don't this think is, that's I, true. Listen, I totally agree with you on this, Doc. I totally agree. Uh, so what the work then comes from. The work comes into, like a lot of times, like if I'm with couples, what I'm working on doing is helping them like each other again. There you go. I'm actually not focusing on love. Okay. I'm focusing on, can I help you figure out how to like this person? Can you? A, helping people figure out, can you? figure that out and let's try some things to get you to liking each other yeah. again to to it is nearly i don't know there may be some therapists that are much much better than me i don't know how to help fix a relationship if i can't get two people to even be able to tolerate being in a room with each other yeah good call because that's really not about love it's about liking one another it's it's about that application of it. It's about being able to go. And, and, and when I say that's the work, I'm saying the work is sometimes you have to work to like someone. What do I mean by that? You have to work to give someone the benefit of the doubt and not assume they're the world's worst person all the time. <laughs> right? right? Like you have to like work to put your own stuff aside to say like, am I maybe we, we had that episode of like, you might not be wrong, but you also might not be right. Yes, you know? yes, 100%. Like, you got to put the work in to be self-reflective and question your own behaviors in the relationship and go, am I doing things that are also making it hard for this person to like me? Because this whole time I've been maybe going, I don't like you. Don't <laughs> maybe like not you in their much. head, right? But right. feeling that sensation of like, I don't like you very much. And you're, you're, we all have confirmation bias, right? When something is like, uh, we have a certain belief set about something, then we're going to, we've talked about that before, right? It's a bias we all have where we're going to be more apt than to focus in on that thing and ignore other, other sort of realities. So for yeah. instance, if you're feeling pretty salty towards your partner and you feel like, you I don't know, let's say that your partner, uh, doesn't do enough chores around the house and you're feeling pretty salty about it, you're going to probably focus in on the one time that they didn't do dishes and ignore all of the other work right. that was done, right? right? It right. becomes about that one thing. And then you get the conflict between people that are like, it's never enough. It's never good enough, right? And so when I talk about like, love isn't going to do the work for you, the only thing we have control over is ourselves. Yeah. That's it. We want to have control and exert power over other people often. <laughs> yeah. We may want that, but you don't actually have that control. So the best use of your time, your work, your energy is on you to say, like, I'm going to try to put some work into liking this person. And I understand that, like, culturally, we're sort of like, oh, that shouldn't be work. Yes, it is. It is. It is <laughs> yes, work. It is. What are you talking about? In the best of relationships, I promise you this, they are putting work in. One of the things that um, the, there's research around is this idea of um, destiny beliefs versus growth beliefs in a relationship. And I think I've maybe mentioned them before. I've heard you mention this, but I don't remember. So clarify. So it's a it's it's looking at like uh, relational satisfaction and relational quality. Like basically who has satisfaction and quality in their relationships? Mm -hmm. Uh, destiny beliefs are, we are destined to be together. We love each other and that's enough. Right. Right. 
growth beliefs are we met, we love each other, but we got work to do. Of the two types, which type do you think has better relational quality and satisfaction over time? Well, number two. Yes. Why? But guaranteed. Well, I mean, look, no relationship is perfect. You know, love doesn't conquer all. Like, it just doesn't. And if you're in a place where you don't like somebody or you're struggling, you got to put in the time and the effort. You know right. what I mean? It's it's not... Listen, no relationship, at least one that I've ever known, not even with my dog, Frank. You know, like, it takes effort to build a relationship, and it takes effort to maintain the relationship. And it takes effort with Frank to have patience, patience in that relationship yes, with him. Exactly. He's and a tricky dog. He's a tricky mm -hmm. dog, that one. So, you know, there, you, know you can't just... There's no... I have never met a couple that has literally never had a fight or never you know struggled for a little while and if, and or if had you, stress if you have if you have had the couple that's never had a fight then there's a big one coming somewhere down yeah. the line <laughs> exactly so no i'm with you 100 percent here doc right and so it's really more and, and here's the thing remember what i said earlier like you can say things to people and it's like intellectually they get it right like we can say the phrase i'm sure lots of people are like yeah yeah of course love doesn't conquer all yeah but there's a difference between getting that intellectually and i mean like really getting that sure. and getting that in a very um, deep integrated way. And that's often where most of us tend to struggle, right? Where we get it. Yeah. Love doesn't conquer all, but we're still because of everything we've sort of been told and taught, we still are moving through a relationship sort of waiting, yeah, waiting for love to do that magical thing that it does. So we don't have to have that super difficult conversation or get upset or experience difficult emotions or talk about what we need, be vulnerable, all the other working sort of components of keeping a relationship going because those things are hard. They are hard. So, uh, you know, as we wrap this one up here, Doc, focus on liking each other. If you're struggling, go see someone like the doc and talk more about like, hey, you know, obviously you're in the position you went to therapy, maybe because you love each other. Maybe that's all in there. But, you know, liking each other are the building blocks like you were saying. Right. I like I I like this whole thing about liking each other. How about that? Great. Great. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, if you've convinced me, you've convinced the masses. <laughs> you were right. This wasn't as like a downer, Debbie Downer episode as I thought it was going to be. So well done, you. I thought Thanks. this was really great. Is there anything you would like to finish up with? No, no. I mean, again, like I think like sometimes um, there's certain research that I read that I would call like no duh research, which is sort of like you read it and you're like, yeah, of course, that makes sense. Right. Like, so, for instance, the research I just talked about around like destiny versus growth beliefs, kind of no duh. Yeah. And to a certain degree, this is kind of a no duh conversation. But sometimes it's important to sit with a little bit with the sort of like no duh concepts where you go, yeah, I know it, but am I actually doing that? Right. Am I practicing that? Am I practicing what I know or what seems intellectually reasonable to me? Because that therein lies actually the difficult part. I work with so many people that are awesome, brilliant, brilliant people. And this also like in my own life, we can know things, but the application of those things are often very different. And so it's just something to say, because I think this topic is one of those things where it's like on the surface, it's like, yeah, 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 I get it. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sit, sit with it. Sit with it. Reflect. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we're going to wrap this one up, Doc. I think this is great. Focus on like 
don't worry so much about love obviously you still gotta but you know really like is what we're talking about today and i think this was really well structured so very good for you for doing all of that work and we thank you and i of course thank you for all that you do genuinely doc for so many people it is a joy to talk to you because i love to learn myself even though I am so knowledgeable about so many things, I'm always open to learn a little bit more. So thank you, Doc. And uh, we'll be talking to you all again next week. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media. And uh, just remember to be kind to one another. It's tough out there. And we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye, Doc. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure so please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.